Welcome to the Craving Greater podcast. This is a place for those seeking to live life, not just to survive, but to freaking thrive. Motherhood, marriage, money, motivation, business, and living your life on a mission. It's time to satisfy the longing in your heart to live your greatest life. So go-getters, get ready to rise up. Let's do this thing. Okay, go-getters, you guys have been asking for this, and I'm going to be really honest and upfront from the start. Probably no topic makes me more uncomfortable than this. I am no financial expert. I have no financial background. In fact, this is something that I resisted for almost 10 years. So you guys heard me talk about in some of the earlier podcasts and the last podcast when I talked about the five questions that you should ask yourself to have an intentional year. One of those was money and I promised that I was going to have more content dedicated to this very topic. So I today am going to talk to you about our journey of getting 100% debt and mortgage free by the time we were 33. And honestly, I just hope to pour my heart out and talk about when we got our wake up call and what we did to get out of debt and find freedom. Now that I feel this freedom. I want to pass it on and for everybody else to have the opportunity to feel this too. So what qualifies me, honestly, is just that I've been there. And I have learned in life through our losses and the ups and the downs that life, you can either look at life happening to you or look at life happening for you. One of my favorite authors and speakers, Lisa Turkhurst, she says, you cannot hold the banners of victim and victory at the same time. You have to choose. So are you going to hold the banner of victim? Or are you going to hold the banner of victory? I heard a quote the other day that says, your choices become your children's consequences. And that hit me really hard. Now that I have two children, I really want to live life intentionally. I know I'm not going to be perfect. I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know they're going to have to figure out things on their own, but I honestly, I wrote that quote down and then I crossed out consequences and I said, your choices become your children's example. I want to be a good example for my kids. So kind of starting back, my husband and I, both of us growing up, we both lived good lives. We had everything that we needed. We had clothes on our back, foods in our mouth. We had everything we needed and wants to. We played sports, all the things. So we both came from a good, just middle class upbringing. Neither one of us had silver spoons in our mouths, but we both just, we had parents, families that took great care of us. And we went to school. We both went to a university. We graduated. We went to work. We got jobs. We did the things, right? We bought the house. We got the cars because it's what everybody else around us did. And honestly, it wasn't until we had our first daughter. She's eight now. 
So when we had her, I remember vividly, we were in a small group with an older couple, a wise couple that had children a little bit older and they invited us to their house and it was one of the sweetest things. I hope Brandon and I one day can pay that forward, but they invited us over and it was just to kind of support us and just love on us and just be God's presence in the time that it's funny. I think when you have kids, people that have kids try to tell you, but when, before you have kids, you're like, Oh, okay. You know, parents tell you like your life is never going to be the same. Everything's going to change. And you're like, Oh, okay, cool. But it's not until you have the kids that you're like, Oh man, they were not kidding. And of course, when you become a parent, it's like, You wouldn't change it for the world, right? But things change. And I will never forget, y'all, I was Little Miss career woman. I went to school. I got the degree. I got the master's degree. I was climbing the corporate ladder. And I wanted to be, you know, a mom and a wife. But also, I had some really ambitious corporate goals for my career, And I remember in that small group telling the husband, oh, I could never be a stay-at-home mom. And I remember him looking at me and he like sternly said, never say never. And I was kind of taken back by it, but I never said anything. And it wasn't until I had my daughter that I feel like I realized what he meant. His never say never had a lot of insight behind it. So we have our first baby. All things are good. We are adapting to new life as parents. And then something happened inside of me. It was like this corporate career woman. I realized that I was dropping my baby off at seven in the morning and picking her up at 5 36 o'clock at night and she went to bed at seven o'clock so I got an hour with her in the evenings and that was spent usually washing bottles feeding bath time getting her to bed and I just freaked out because I felt like she was starting to do stuff right so sitting up crawling and I just had this I feel like it was like the mid-year crisis when she was born that I just became so afraid that she was going to do things at daycare and I was going to miss it. And so for the first time ever, I realized and understood what that wise man meant when he looked straight in my eyes and he said, never say never. And I, the desire to, I just remember crying to my husband and saying, I just wish I could stay home more. I even asked if I could work from home some. And of course, that was pre-COVID times. Um, But there was just no options. We would would kind of do the budget and look and see, was there any way that we could finagle me staying at home? And the math just didn't match up. We needed both of our incomes to make ends meet. And so my husband actually, and, and that, that was the first 
realization that we had kind of signed up for with a house and the cars and and all the things we had signed up for this life that was quote unquote normal but this life that we had to work at a certain level to maintain so we really honestly did not have a choice we set up this lifestyle where we did not have the freedom to choose. We had very little choice. And so my husband got this job opportunity. We uprooted. We moved to another state. We sold our house in three days. We bought a house over there on Shipley Avenue, our last name, which is in my eyes, not very common. So we just felt like it was a very much God thing. We still know it was a very much a God thing. We went, we thought it was for him. It ended up being for me. But long story short, like I said, I fought my husband on this for eight years. I am the spender. He is the saver. Like as a kid, if he would get $100, he would have put it in his savings account no joke for some long-term goal 10 years off in the future. Me, on the other hand, if I got $10, it was going to burn a hole in my pocket until I spent every cent of it. I am the spender. He is the saver. Also, we're going to talk about budgets a little in a little bit, and I'm going to break down how to do that. But also in couples, there's always a nerd and a free spirit. He's the nerd. He gets excited about budgets. I'm the free spirit. I felt controlled by budgets. And statistics say, this is insane to me, but that money problems uh, is the number one cause of divorce. Like you would think it would be something else like infidelity or I don't know. Money is the number one cause of divorce. And I'm telling y'all, I fought him for so many years on this. And this was, you know, the, the wanting to stay home with my daughter and the math not matching up. That was my first realization that, man, we have signed up for this life. The second thing that happened, huge life event, was really the wake-up call moment. And then we had one more, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But the second one, we moved to Georgia. My husband got this great job opportunity, and I think it was his 60 or 90-day review. He goes into an office, and I he was no longer needed in that job. You guys, we had bought a house. We had uprooted. I wasn't working at the time. We literally left everything to go there. And my husband, like I said, the saver, he had been, I'm going to talk to you guys about the steps that we followed. We are huge, I can't believe I'm even freaking saying that. (laughs) We are huge Dave Ramsey fans. I Dave Ramsey used to be a bad word in our house, but I'm going to talk about the baby steps in a minute. But uh, my husband is a saver. So he had intentionally been saving money and I just didn't understand it. I am just, again, from the camp that if I make money, I want to be able to enjoy it. I don't want to feel controlled. If I don't like to be told what I can and can't do, um, if you tell me I can't spend something, I want to spend it even more. So I had just kind of resented for a while his saving ways. And it wasn't until 
we had found ourselves in a state with a house with zero income coming in. And for a good long, longest weekend of our lives there, we didn't know what we were going to do. I mean, that if you've ever felt that feeling because of a financial bind, you just feel like an elephant is sitting on your chest. Like you cannot breathe. And we had no income. We had a house payment. We had a baby to feed. We had no idea what we were going to do. And he looked at me and he said, we're going to be okay. We have our emergency fund savings and we can live off of that until we find jobs. And so that really got us through. And for the first time in my entire life, I was thankful for his saving ways because they literally saved us. So we ended up, we moved back, we both got good jobs, but then what do we do? We signed up for a life that left us with little choice once again. We had a child, so we wanted to make sure that we had a house in the best school zone. He had had a car that he had been driving for a really long time, so he got a new car. He made more in his job. I took a job where I made less. And while it was a blessing because that allowed us, it allowed me more time freedom with our daughter before she went to kindergarten, we just had signed up for this life where the net effect was zero. And, you know, of course, when that happens, I take the pay cut and he had gotten the new car and we're like, okay, we're going to do the right things. And sure enough, Right when we sign up for all of that life, my car starts to fall apart. So then I need a new car. And we just kind of looked at each other like what we just keep signing up for and repeating this cycle that's never going to end. Are we ever going to be free? So we got serious. And when you get serious, you either have to make more or you spend less. And when I say we got serious, we started following the Dave Ramsey baby steps. And if there's anyone who knows money, it's Dave Ramsey. And I know people love to hate him. I freaking hated him (laughs) for so long because I just felt like it was so extreme and I like I want to be able to I want to be able to save but I want to be able to live life too and I am here to tell you that we followed the Dave Ramsey baby steps but we lived life too. I know when we made our debt free scream and had our celebration that we were 100% debt and mortgage free Everybody says congratulations, and then the very next thing people say is, wow, that must have taken a lot of sacrifice, and Brandon and I have just been kind of taken back by that comment because while it did take discipline and communication and organization, I don't know necessarily that I feel like it took 
such extreme sacrifice because we still budgeted for certain things. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But today I'm going to start with, there are seven baby steps and I'm going to give you half of them today. And then next week's episode, I'll give you the rest of them. So the first baby step is to save a thousand dollars for an emergency fund. You guys, the rains are going to come. It is always going to rain. And usually when it rains, it pours. I, and growing up, we used to kind of joke as a family, but not really joke that, um, things like this come in threes. Like the, the dryer would go out, the washer would go out, and then you would get a flat tire. It, it like never fails when it rains, it pours, right? It's going to rain. So your you need to have a thousand dollars set aside as an emergency fund for things that are emergencies, car repairs, home repairs, medical emergencies, pet emergencies, um, things like that. Things are going to happen, and emergencies become more like inconveniences versus emergencies when you plan ahead for them. So you know they're coming, you got to plan. So this is the very first one. And Dave Ramsey talks about this is where you decide. This is where you make the decision and you decide because debt-free is a decision. You have to decide, are you going to get debt-free? And just like the health and fitness journey, when you decide, you also have to have discipline to act. You can't kind of sort of do something because you're going to kind of sort of get some results. You've got to go all in. And Dave Ramsey calls it being Dave-ish. And we probably, for that those first couple years in our marriage, were very Dave-ish because while my husband did save and, and have kind of that emergency fund that I talked about when we had our wake-up call, we still signed up for all of the things that were quote unquote normal that left us with little choice, the house, the cars, the things like that. And so the emergency fund, $1,000. So have a garage sale, get on your local Facebook page, sell something, Craigslist, whatever it is. Dave Ramsey said, and a lot of people take this quote from him out of context, but this is the step where he says, if you are in debt and you do not even have a thousand dollars in your savings for an emergency fund. This is where he says you should not even see the inside of a restaurant unless you're working there. This step should be temporary. Um, if you are crafty, figure out how to do something and sell it on Etsy, whatever it has to be, but a thousand dollars you should be able to get aggressive and come up with a thousand dollars for your emergency fund. I know for us, I we I have little girls and spend way too much on clothes, and I resold a lot of their clothes, stuff in my closet that I didn't wear, stuff around the house that I didn't even use, that kind of thing. And those things add up. We actually went through our subscriptions. And look to see what were the subscriptions that we were paying for over and over every month that we could either downgrade those a little bit or do away with. And it freed up hundreds of dollars for every month. So 
A $1,000 emergency fund is the first baby step. The second baby step is called the debt snowball. What you do is you list out all of your debt. So house, cars, student loans, credit cards, store cart, whatever it is. Every single debt that you have that you owe somebody something money and write down your smallest debt to your largest debt. And you pay minimum payments on everything except your smallest debt. Now, there's another debt payoff strategy that a lot of people ask about that is the avalanche strategy instead of the snowball where you list your debts for the interest rate and you pay them off the one that has the highest interest rate first. I recommend, Dave recommends the debt snowball because the avalanche is going to take a really long time because you're usually tackling that first debt first. The snowball, what it allows you to do is start with that smallest debt and aggressively tackle that one. So you make minimum payments on everything and throw every extra cent at that smallest debt until you pay it off. That way you get a quick win and you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So the debt snowball. Now, you may be thinking, I have no extra money at the end of the month. Like, okay, I get the emergency fund, but I money comes in and money flies out. I have no extra money at the end of the month. This is where the budget comes in, okay? And in our house, for a long time, budget was a bad word in my eyes. I hated. My husband would try to talk to me about the budget, and I would just roll my eyes and tell him, you you do the budget. You do whatever you want to do. Um, and so it wasn't until... And the one thing that I really credit him for in our debt-free journey is he didn't wait for me to get on board. So if you are the spouse that is the saver and the nerd and you're wanting to do this and your spouse isn't on board, try to do this as much as possible and hopefully eventually like I did they will start to see and I'll tell you guys to be honest I didn't get excited about this stuff until almost the very end and my husband now he's like where you been (laughs) and um but don't let it hold you back but budget budgets are not a bad word I know for me budgets felt like boundaries and restrictions budgets give you permission to spend okay it just keeps track of your money and honestly the first time that I really got involved with the budget I was so surprised to see which categories so much money food is going to be one of the things that some food and groceries eating out and buying groceries because you have to eat right but that it is so expensive to to eat and There are ways to cut back, and that may be even a whole nother episode. But budgeting, it is not a bad word. They are not restrictive boundaries. Budgeting gives you permission to spend. So um, first things first, it's going to take you probably about three months of creating it and adjusting to get your budget right. I know for us in the beginning, we would allocate 
for gas or food or whatever it is or my spending and blow it out of the water and go way over the budget. Well, instead of saying, well, this isn't going to work, it's not enough, whatever it is, make some adjustments and keep going forward. Give yourself at least three months of creating and adjusting before you feel like you have your budget. Let's talk about the budget and how you create it. You just have to look at your income and look at your expenses and it should equal zero. So the first thing you need to do, go into your bank account, whatever you do, online banking is amazing. Like I don't, I guess, I don't know how people did budgeting. Back in college, my husband laughs when we first met, we both, we met because we worked at a fitness center together. I used to sit at the front desk and I had like the old school check register and I would be balancing my checkbook and I would always be in the red. I guess that's how people did it before, but now online banking, it's great. So you need to go through, and I would even take a look back at a couple of months and look and see what your income is. Both your, you may have variable income, you may have static income that's the same every single month. Um, So look at your income. If you do have variable income, take a safe average. We usually, we have some variable income and we just average on the low, estimate on the low end of that. So if there's more, then we would just throw it at the debt. But your income, you need to know how much income you have coming in and you need to know your expenses. And expenses, we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to talk about your four walls first and then I'm going to talk about your other expenses. But when you create your budget, if you're doing this the right way, You need to start your budget once you know your income and expenses with giving. And I, for us, we are a family of faith. I know growing up, I always heard about tithing, tithing 10% and things like that. In terms of Dave Ramsey, um, Rachel Cruz, his daughter teaches a lot of the materials and she talks about just give a little until you can give a lot. It's honestly the act of giving before you get, 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 and allocate your money elsewhere. Give first and go from there. So give a little until you can give a lot. So if that's $50 a month or $100 a month or whatever it may be, give a little somewhere to your church or to a cause or something like that. Give a little until you can give a lot. So giving first. The second one is saving. And so whatever that looks like for you, for us, we do 15% for retirement Um, but if you are in these beginning baby steps saving, you may be saving for that thousand dollar emergency fund, or you may be saving for your debt snowball and things like that. So saving is important and your spending. So let's talk about what the four walls are for your expenses before you start doing your, you know, your spending money and that kind of thing going out to eat, entertainment, and I'll pull up, I will do another budget episode and really go into detail about this, but, and I'll pull our categories and things like that. But for this, the four walls in this specific order, you have to have food, utilities, shelter, and transportation. So look at your four walls And I will tell you to evaluate those four walls. The first one with food. 
Are you shopping at Whole Foods? Do you need to be shopping at Whole Foods? Or we are huge fans of Aldi. It saves us a ton of money. So with food, are you going out to eat too many times a week? That kind of thing. Are there days that instead of going out to eat for lunch, you could bring your lunch and eat it at work or come home for lunch? But you've got to feed yourself and your family. So the first one is food. Next thing in your four walls are your utilities. And these are things like your water and your power, your gas, that kind of thing. Um, For this one, honestly, it's a great idea to look at your bills, see if there's anywhere that you can negotiate or look at ways that you can save money. I know for us, it's the little things, but they add up. When we brush our teeth, we were leaving the water on the whole time. Turn the water off. Turn lights off. When you leave a room, make sure you close doors. The thermostat, set that at a reasonable level. Or my husband likes to freeze us out, so we use lots of blankets in my house. Um, Unplugging appliances. Your appliances still can pull power and energy when they are plugged in and turned off. So unplugging appliances, small things like that to make a difference, but you've got to cover the cost of your utilities. Shelter is the third one that is your four walls. So you got to make sure that you are covering that rent or house payment. And then the fourth thing in the four walls is your transportation. So your car and that kind of thing. Your car should actually not be, so the total cost of all the things that you have with a motor in it should not exceed more than 50% of your annual income. So for example, if you make um, together as a family, as a couple, if you make a hundred grand a year, the total cost of all of your vehicles should be no more than 50 grand a year. Um, so for, and I'm going to do another one talking about cars because this is a question that I've gotten a lot recently from people who have cars that are older and they have been wondering, you know, do we go ahead and get something newer? How do you decide whether to repair or get something new? That kind of thing. Uh, I think cars and houses are two of the main things keeping people broke. So transportation is one. Evaluate. Is there a way that you can carpool? Is there a way that you could be a single car family? If not, if you're really serious about this thing, is the car that you're currently driving, is there something that you can drive that is less expensive? Are there ways that you can save on gas? And if you want to stay where you're at, I mean, I told you guys, we got the house, we got the cars, and we didn't sell cars, but we got intense with our budget and saving and the debt snowball, and the cars that we had were part of that. But when you do your budget, your four walls include food, utilities, shelter, transportation. And then once you cover giving, saving, and your four walls for spending, then you open it up to expenses. And like I said, number one response, people mention how much sacrifice it must have taken. And the budget, again, isn't a boundary that holds you back from doing anything. You can budget for things like going out to eat. We do have, in terms of food, we keep food separate. 
we have food in terms of groceries and then food in terms of going out to eat. We actually call that entertainment. So anytime we go out to eat or we go to the movies or something like that, we consider that entertainment. When we say our food, we have a grocery budget. Um, but in terms of expenses, you can budget for things. Once you get out of that $1,000 range, look at your budget and see what you have margin for because you've already done the saving. You've already looked at the giving and uh, you can ask yourself. And so for me and the girls and Brandon, we all have, mine's called Heather's Spending. The girls both have a spending category. Brandon has a spending category. If he wants to go play golf, if I want to go get my hair or nails done or go have drinks or coffee or whatever with the girls, if, um, you know, if I have lunch out myself or Brandon goes and have lunch, we consider that our personal spending, okay? And if we do go out to eat as a family, that is considered entertainment for us. So you can have fun. For me, I like clothes and shopping and I especially love getting clothes for the girls and things like that. And so um, you are able to, with a budget, it gives you that permission to spend. And what else? The third baby step of the plan is to take your $1,000 of the emergency fund that you had in the beginning in step one and roll that over and to create a three to six month of expenses emergency fund and three to six months of expenses we're talking those food the four walls food utilities shelter transportation it's an emergency fund so if something happened the bare bones that you could scale back to to still make it for those three to six months. We save six months just to be safe, especially in today's climate. But that emergency fund is for car and home repairs, medical emergencies. I know in our debt-free journey, Brinley broke her arm and there was a significant amount of medical expenses that came with that. Our We got a puppy and he did not come from the emergency fund, but... We got a puppy and he broke his arm and there was significant amount of expenses and surgeries and all kinds of things for that. Uh, Just emergency repairs, car, home, medical, job loss, heaven forbid. I told you guys that was our big wake-up call when we experienced job loss and had no income coming in. We lived off of our three to six month emergency fund until we both got jobs and got back up on our feet. And while it was still a scary time, it wasn't as scary as it could have been. So just to recap, the baby steps that I've gone over, I've gone over steps one through three. I'm going to do steps four through seven next week in the next podcast. But the $1,000 emergency fund Get aggressive. Decide today that you are ready to start your debt-free journey and get your $1,000 emergency fund, whatever it takes. If you have to sell something, you have to get creative, whatever you need to do, get your $1,000 and then start your debt snowball, tackling the smallest debt first and moving on to your largest debt. Um, And for that, the debt snowball is everything but your mortgage. So in that step, you are paying off any student loans, any credit cards, 
anything like that, your cars, but not the mortgage in step two. So debt snowball all of your consumer debt. And then in step three, you roll over that $1,000 emergency fund and get the three to six months of expenses. And then next time I'm going to talk about steps four, five, and six, which you actually do simultaneously. And then finally, the final step, which is step number seven, build wealth and give big. And that's the step that you leave a tremendous legacy, both for your family, for generations to come and the world around you. So I'm excited to continue this again. Thank you guys for listening. I am no expert in this topic, but I had to decide and make the decision. Was I going to continue to fight this? Was I going to hold the banner of victim or was I going to join my husband finally and raise up the banner of victory? and we worked together. We worked diligently. We lived life. We still went out to eat. We still had fun. We still took multiple vacations every year. We still did all of the things. Um, You either got to spend less or make more or a little bit of both. And in next episode, I'll talk about how we, um, I've talked about how we saved some and I'll talk about next episode, how we ended up making more and we're able to really compound that snowball and paying off our mortgage to become 100% debt free. Again, if you guys have any questions, find me on Instagram, Heather2 underscore Shipley. I am known for sharing lots of the Dave Ramsey tips and things like that there, but you are welcome to pop in my DMs. I will answer any question. If I don't know the answer, I will ask my husband, and if he doesn't know the answer, we will get the answer for you. Also, I want to share that Brandon and I will be leading. We are in training now for the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University. We are going to be coordinators for that come March. So if these first three baby steps sound like something that you need to do, it doesn't matter where you are in these steps. You may be on step one. You may be on step three. You may be on step six trying to pay off your house and you've got everything taken care of and you're you wanting you're wanting to invest or build wealth or whatever it is no matter what step you are on you have a place we will meet you where you are in this financial peace university we are going through it now um with the eyes of i guess instructors and i it i never fail to learn something new every single time so if this sounds like something that you want to do you can drop me a dm on instagram or you can email me at heather underscore shipley at yahoo.com and i would love to give you the information and save you a spot on our spring. It'll start in March and our spring financial peace university class. I hope to see you guys there. Can't wait to hear from you. Can't wait to hear from your takeaways and all of your questions. Ask us anything. And I look forward to talking to you guys and continuing this next week.